I have a plan. You've got a plan. Yes. First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. No, I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have part of a plan. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. How is humanity saved if it's not allowed to evolve into only one path to peace? The Avengers Extinction. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Guardians of the Galaxy. Can I ask you... Not a perfect movie. Can I... Can I ask you a comic book question? Of course, yeah. Can you establish for me how... I guess to scale, because I know comic book fans are going to love it. Could you establish how... Irrelevant is the only word I could come up with. Guardians of the Galaxy was in terms of then making it a movie that became popular. Yeah, I mean, so when you... Because I don't know. Like, so, the only thing so, I know is that Guardians was so, really so, good. It depends on how far back you want to go. Well, yeah, I mean, so... If, so if stay we within were, the same, like, time so frame. If, so don't there, go to, there's, like, the there's, there's two teams 70s. of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. There's, there's the future future ones, which which uh, which really doesn't figure into this. Um, but I, to be Except honest... Maybe Yondu. The... Yeah, yeah, is that like Sylvester they, Stallone and, and right? Those yeah, are the characters that were the, from the future. future. Yeah, okay, okay. Yondu was the only character they took from the future one and brought into, into this. this. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy actually had a great run um, before this came out. I believe it was before uh, it, was it came around out. Annihilation. I think that they really Annihil- started to, to really started coming their own. And Star Lord, Star Lord became really awesome. Not the Star Lord you know. Yeah. Not yeah, the Star Lord yeah, yeah. we know yeah. in the movies. Peter Peter Quill in that one is is actually the son of a galactic emperor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and that's yeah, yeah. why he is a lord, is that yeah. he actually is, is a lord. royalty. And, uh, his his father's name Jay Dash Son. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but but the thing is the makeup of that team is actually humongous. Uh, um so when you oh, when yeah. you think about it, yeah, um, you know, they had dealings with Nova. Uh yeah. Adam Warlock was on the team at the time who they wrote to be able to manipulate quantum magic, whatever that is. Uh, then you had Quasar, the female Quasar. Um, and you had, uh, you had Gamora, you had Drax, you had... So yeah, how much, how much of the team that is in the film is was the team in the comics before uh, going I mean, into the I movie? I mean, they kind of pick and chose what they, want, what they wanted in this movie, uh, things that they liked. Um, All of those characters were they part of the Guardians? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So there was no one that they just like oh slapped in there slapped in there. No, okay. No, no, no. Good. Because um, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to <laughs> to facsimilate. I'm trying to put together this idea of how big of a risk Guardians was. I mean, the, aside from big crossover events, 
like huge crossover they, they were a super niche yeah like, mm-hmm. like i said the annihilation comic like crisis event that happened really kind of elevated moved, them yeah. elevated them, on the them to a point where they uh, maybe your average comic like your average comic book fan knew who they were like i read the original guardians that was set in the future with vance mm-hmm. astro and yeah for me characters like gamora i knew more from adam warlock and in the infinity, infinity watch, watch right before I same even thing knew. for drax i only yeah. know these characters while i don't follow comics as much as you guys do was from the video games like marvel versus capcom yep, yep. from uh marvel uh ultimate alliance like like, do, like ultimate those alliance they would i think they came up with them now a lot, now you would like, now i will say all character designs completely made you pretty much by the movie uh, oh, so from like, this point, yeah. From so that point oddly forward. enough, okay. those designs have now been translated back into the comics. Into the comics. So like Drax originally, there's no tattoos. He's all green skinned with like a he. He looks like super like a purple Superman with green skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that's that's and Drax. He was created, and the power levels are different too. When he was first created, he was created to go toe to toe with Thanos. Himself yeah, he was a destroyer by himself. Yeah. Um, which uh, some. Like I've read articles about it about characters that have been done disservice uh, or power, uh, characters they've made too weak. Yeah. Um. But obviously they have to. You got to have tension. Um. But Drax, he gets owned by Ronan. He gets. Uh, he's he's he he gets owned by he unless he's dealing with henchmen. He's not really. Yeah. I mean, he's powerful. He's strong, but he's not Thanos level. Right. In um, the comic, like, well, he can fly in the comic book. Yep. Like he, they well, super not anymore. Not anymore. They, they. Well, like so, I said, they've aligned with. Well, the movie. basically, yeah. and 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 they made it work with the character. Basically, um, the character's gone through death and resurrection, yeah, death yeah, yeah. and resurrection, and he changes each time. Um, and so this time he's more in line with what the movie is. Fair yeah, enough. isn't there uh like something about him where him and Thanos are like they were in a world where they or like a. A space where they just would continually kill each other and resurrect and kill each other, like a bubble. The, well, that was the Cancerverse, oh, okay. uh, which is a yeah. totally long story to get oh, into. Jesus the Cancerverse basically is where there there is no death, um, and so uh, Star Lord and Nova uh, actually trap Thanos there. Uh, I think there was a, a, a dimensional tear called the Fault, and they trapped him there so he wouldn't get back. And Star Lord was using remnants of a cosmic cube. Uh, to like help help fight, so they killed each other like billions of times. And I think Drax might have been there as well. They've killed each other billions of times, and they would just keep resurrecting. Uh, yeah. And the Revengers were there, and <laughs> the Revengers are the actually Revengers. demonic <laughs> versions of the Avengers. Yeah. That could not die. So, uh, but two, that's off topic. So two things. One, Ronan the Accuser in this film is a character I didn't like when I first watched it, but I grew to appreciate every subsequent watch afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think Lee Pace is an amazing car- uh, uh, amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything he's been in, I, I believe like. they said Lee Pace is coming back. He yes, is. he's so going to be in Captain Marvel. Marvel. He Captain will Marvel. be there. Colson will also we'll be there. Also yeah. So will um, the um, the the star the guy who said Star Lord. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, oh. John C. Riley. No, 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 no. The guy uh, at the Demond, very beginning. Um, uh, oh, Jumon uh-huh. Hansu? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't, Karag or whatever his name is. Korath. Korath. Yeah, Korath. Yeah. Um, Finger across the throat means death. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Star-Lord. <laughs> Finally! Finally. <laughs> uh, um, good moment. Like, when I first watched the film, I didn't quite get... I knew Ronan as a villain, and I was like, eh, I just wasn't feeling it at right. all. But... I started watching it later, and then I I listened to uh, 
uh, I think it was audio commentary. And one of the things that jumped out to me that they said is Ronan is essentially. He's kind of like a pouting child in a sense. Yeah, there's no filter. There's no like he like the the he goes from the henchman's quote unquote status of Thanos to then he gets an infinity stone and he goes, why don't I just like he he finally does something that if I was a villain, I would ask the question, which is why don't I just use this thing? Yeah. yeah. Bam. And then he puts it in his and and it was the first like a villain made a choice. I was like, that absolutely is what I would do. Plus, Plus that scene is pretty badass when he takes it and you're like, he's like, Lord, that that's going to kill you, and he's yeah. just like and he takes just it, holds it, and, and slams, slams it in, it in the, the hammer, hammer and, and I'm like, like, okay, that's exactly what I would do. But, uh, if, but given I what I, I saw, the stone I probably would have put it on the ground and just hammered the, it into well, the hammer. Uh, not not the action. I mean, like, yeah, but the yeah. idea of Thanos goes, okay, bring me the stone. And he goes, well, wait, why why, why would I, I? Why should I? Look at what this thing can do. Why don't yeah. I just? destroy Xandar myself. Pretty sure this could kill you too, Thanos. That's yeah, and yeah. that's what he I'm says. And finally you. I was like And that's another thing That about, absolutely makes sense to and me. And that's another thing about the movie that I really enjoy, though it doesn't have any real connection to the other MCU movies at that point. It really drives home what the Infinity Stones are and, and what, what they, they can, can do. do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I See, think I brought it up in the note is that it's probably the most important yep. movie in in the <clears throat> overarching storyline that they're creating because it tells us what an infinity stone is. Yep. It tells us who really tells us who Thanos is. The celestials. And, right. This the celestials like it gives us a lot of backstory that's necessary for, the, now, for see, this to work. What I wish they would have done and maybe we'll get some of this and maybe they'll redeem Ronan's character. Yeah. Uh, characterization a little bit. What I wish we would have gotten is in the comics, he's called Ronan the Accuser because he is an accuser. That's literally his position. Yeah. He is a defender of the Kree. He's a defender of Hala. In the movie, he's like a terrorist. He's he's not recognized by the Kree, but they're not gonna stop him because they the Kree hate the yeah. hate the Zandarians. But um but you never go into what that means, why he's called the accuser. Well, I think that's that's one of my biggest issues because yeah. they say in the film, uh, Ronan, uh, the Kree wanted to create this peace treaty with mm-hmm. Xandar. Mm-hmm. And Ronan, the accuser, who accuses people, says, no, look at what Xandar has done to us as a people and then went off the reservation yep. and no one in his uh, 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 who were his people, no one followed him. Yep. Yeah. And they mention it, but you're right. They never really go into why, as an accuser, what would be extreme for him. Yeah, You just yeah. immediately get this character well, that's already know, at the extreme. We don't know if the Kree have accusers. So, like, exactly. it might it, just be, it might be a nickname more than right. a title. He accuses his end like of doing bad stuff. Doing right. bad yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Right. But it the might thing just is, be like, what they call him. They don't go into like a Cree. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't. You don't get a Cree perspective as to what. Oh, how what they think of of Ronan. Yeah, isn't that also um, the very first time that they actually introduced the Cree? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, we're introduced to a lot of alien species in yeah. this movie. Like, yeah. like you said, the Celestials, the dead. Uh, one. I mean, we we were introduced yeah. to the well, the, the Nova Corps. We were introduced to the Collector at the end of mm-hmm. yeah. the um. Tavlin, uh, uh, Talar, can't remember his name, but yeah, the at the end of Thor: Dark World. Can I sidetrack this just for a second? It it is relevant to this movie, but who is the collector? 
as someone who doesn't follow the comics, so, as so there's much, so there's I'm gonna let two, Jeff handle that one. There's two different understandings. You can go into the the so comic I'm, one. I'm, I'll I'm talk. Go, about I'm going to go into the comic book. So there, he's one of the elders of the universe. Basically, um, they are left. Uh, well, there's two 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 thoughts, but they're left over. So take a being like Galactus. He is the last being of his universe to survive into this one. These guys are pretty much the oldest beings in the universe. Uh, they're called the elders of the universe. They cannot really be killed. They will just come back yeah. uh, in the comics. Um, and you have a few of them. You have uh, the collector, the grandmaster who we see later in Ragnarok. Uh, but you also have um, the champion. Uh, you have, oh gosh, um, nerd cred's going to fail if I can't remember him. And I can't. The gardener um, who originally possessed the soul stone, which was funny. Um, guard, uh, the gardener also, we find out, created Groot. Um <laughs> Brian, <laughs> so say what you just said again. The soul the, stone. The gardener. Uh, the gardener had, had the soul stone, and and he created Groot. So could Groot? Could no, <laughs> my whole point of the soul stone was that it was in the garden that grows the the, the no, things of black. No, and now no, you're telling me, no, come on, no, not come on, bro. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Okay, continue. Um, and I know I'm probably forgetting. Well, there's the new one that you just introduced. The Challenger. The, the yeah. Challenger. Who apparently may have killed the Grandmaster. We don't know. Uh, that's in current That would be comics. amusing. Um, um, and then, uh, of course, uh, Tavalier Tavon, uh, the Collector, has a daughter. So does the Grandmaster. Uh, that's new, yeah. too. Um, that they can have kids. Um, but basically, uh, they're pretty much the oldest beings in the universe. Oh, wow. There's they a lot of them. To, each of them used to have one of the infinity gems too the champion had Correct. the power gem yeah, yeah, yeah. well so apparently the the notable members of the of them architect astronomer caregiver champion collector con, con, contemplator the explorer father time gardener grandmaster adjudicator obliterator a possessor runner trader promoter and challenger yeah. yes and you see a lot of them are never used the really popular one is the collector and yeah, the grandmaster so in, and the so grandmaster. In the, so when the what the film universe establishes is that there is this man no one knows how old he is no one knows how long he's been around mm -hmm. but he is a he is a purveyor of exotic items right to an extreme sense not like only will he, he collect does. infinity stones he will collect the last of his species mm -hmm. yep he will collect people he collects Cosmo, who's in, telepathic, in telepathic, telepathic Russian, Russian dog. dog, who's there in Guardians. He has a, Hello, comrade. He has all of these different things. He just collects them, right? Uh, but it's actually a compulsion for him. It's now a too. like he yeah. obsesses, basically, yeah, especially um, the way he, uh, the way oh, the scene, well, yeah, and he just like, <sighs> and then. <laughs> It's almost like <laughs> orgasmic to him, like getting yeah. that. And he's oh, like, yeah. oh, well, well, the thing in the comic books is they get they have their own names like the collectors. Uh, I, I, Tavalier Tavon. Yeah. Tavalier Tavon has the name Tavalier Tavon, but they get the name collector based upon something. They based do. upon the grandmaster is called the grandmaster because, because of the of spectacle his obsession yeah. with games and contests, yeah. um, you know, and then the gardener is literally obsession with gardening. Uh, <laughs> with with plants Amusing. creating oh, Groot no. uh, in the comics, he recently uh, was redeemed by Groot. Uh, he was poisoned by Loki, redeemed by Groot, and then he had Groot grow from his baby size into full grown, into full -grown Groot, Groot, who now talks. 
Ooh, good. Um, which, which who knows if that's something. That's which is fun happen. too, because Groot was originally part of another. Uh, was originally a villain in the original comic book. Yeah. Yep. From Planet X, I think is what they yeah. called it. But yeah, like there's an entire species of Groot, but they've kind of retconned that. And, and Rocket and Rocket was part of a whole planet as well. I think, uh, but of they experimented with like animal companions yeah, to yeah, make yeah, them yeah. more human like. The the amusing aspect of the MCU and this collector is they insinuate that he has this plot mm-hmm. that he was proactively attempting to collect the infinity stone. He even says one down, one down, five to go. So he's collecting them himself uh, and then fails miserably miserably right. <laughs> because he's mean to his assistant yeah the the, the, Which the power stone the name of the, his, uh, the assistant is the name of his daughter from the comic book isn't it uh the Maybe, comic the, the name of the daughter from the comic book uh was it karina yeah karina yeah, is the yeah. chick that sacrifices yeah. herself yeah yeah that, so uh, yeah that, that he was, was she was just someone that he took yeah <laughs> but i thought but, that was a weird name drop yeah, in the movie yeah. when they were like Karina, because I was like, "That's Grant, that's the collector's yeah, daughter." Yeah, I just wanted to know because again, when they first showed him, it's like, "All right, another character," and then people were starting to really lose their their minds. Like the collector is like, he's a big deal. He is, yes, and he then, is. But I'm I'm interested to see how much of a big deal he becomes because uh, we'll talk about it later on with Thor Ragnarok okay. that like the Grandmaster was there and then he was so, like, he was uh, blown away. Just uh, just to give you a uh, a thing about how much he collects um he once uh had a character who was like a stone cold killer murderer or whatever uh but was also uh like uh, for lack of a better way to describe it like a ballet dancer had her dance for him and he cried he shed a tear and collected it literally because he doesn't cry so he collected his own damn tears his uh, level of OCD is on is off the charts. Collecting everything. The elders of the universe are all at that level. Yeah. But again, I think to, Jam- to James Gunn's point, like it's a it's a dope name drop and character drop, but the collector's like it's not the point. I think uh, we're gonna see. Um, I think we're, what he and I also think we're gonna see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was exposition. an exposition machine. Yeah. His entire point was to explain the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Right. And to explain why they're going to be important. James, going we forward. need Guardians to explain and, the Infinity um, Stones. Can we gotcha. talk about? Infinity Stones, um, just the sheer level of subtleness of oh, Brian like lost God. his mind. So he recently rewatched it and he took With screenshots. The scenes, the, the, right. there in that te- where he finds that power that, stone, the power the stone. And I find it interesting that there's a lot of backstory that you don't find out about that planet. Like it was a temple to the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Um, the culture that built it, uh, global warming caused the ocean level to rise. And every 300 years, there's a seismic event that causes the water to recede. So that's why nobody had taken that stone before, was because it's the first time in 300 years that it had been recoverable. Mm. Um, which I'm guessing is around, like, because of the Tesseract, the other stones, like, in the you know 70 years ago, that's when people started looking for the stones. Yeah. Um, maybe. Who knows? Like, I think maybe that kind of caused... People have started to try to put, like, a timeline together about yeah. um, But... In that temple, there are uh, glyphs all over it showing uh, a depiction of the creation of the Infinity Stones created by the four cosmic entities in this universe. Entropy, Infinity, Eternity, and um, Death. Death, which are huge. Like, that's a huge thing from the comic books. Um, but they're, that's implying they were that these guys might exist. Like, in the comic books, Thanos' entire motivation is that he wants to bang Death. Right. Well, not banger because uh, she's a skeleton. Court. Her. Um, court her. He wants, marry he her. Wants, yeah. He wants death to love him, 
And Death kind of gives him, hey, wipe out half the universe and maybe I'll like you. And Brian and I went over this. There is a um, a Silver Surfer comic uh, with him and Thanos. And Thanos, very trying to be as eloquent as possible now, he could be trying to like just try and seem like not so bad. But basically going over why I believe I should kill half the universe. Uh, and so, because so, some people are like, well, they're changing the motivation from the Infinity War when he actually had this motivation, or he was using it to justify, to like justify trying to get it. But, they, but they should though. Like and he talks about. Oh, don't get me wrong. I I love Thanos. I I love what I love what they've done. But it's but it's it's actually part of the comics. It's, yeah, 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 it's yeah, not canon. Yeah, like the whole overpopulation thing being the motivation. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, he brings Silver um, Surfer to a planet and he goes, look, there's these indigenous. They're like monkey-like creatures he's like these creatures in 10 years this planet will be not be viable for them it'll be overcrowded there will not be food he's like if i kill half of them now half of the population won't be a problem yeah ever but right now they're growing too exponentially to the planet to adjust to because there's no predators they have no no predator they are the 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 apex of their their planet and they are just consuming everything to the point the planet can't keep up and 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 it's going to cause war it's going to cause death anyway Let's get it out of the way. But he's not actually killing them. He's just erasing them. Uh, I mean, it, in, the, in uh, this respect, six to one. In this, in, this, in, this, in, this, in this particular comic, he's talking about killing them because he doesn't have oh, the okay. infinity Because he doesn't have the... But in the idea, I guess, in this film is that he can rewrite right. yeah. the universe with they the They never existed. And right. that becomes... A, I think that's what creates an interesting tension and why Thanos in this film in Guardians is a little... Not misplaced... But I, he's dangerous. He's a dangerous dude. I'll bathe the starways in your blood. Like, he's... I think he's a dude who's used to getting what he wants because yep. he's the most powerful thing anybody knows. He is... He He's that apex. He is the apex like, of his own um, in, Without Infinity Stones, arguably everyone is afraid of him. Yeah. Um, And apparently justifiably. Um, Didn't he used to be a really lame character who had like a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. copter. Yeah, that's what I, was yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the f- got defeated by Hellcat once. Yeah, uh, unpa- not, <laughs> super- not anymore. To, the thing is, I wanted to bring that into perspective because when they first, when he was first kind of like around, he was more like a joke than anything else. And now he is the apex. He is. You can thank Jim Starlin for that. Like yeah. he really, w- yeah. One of, so if you ever want to read a just cool comic, uh, one of the uh, I think it's when it's one of the Infinity War. Not Infinity War comics, but the uh, one of the Infinity crossovers, and there's a there's a comic book where Gamora and Thanos fight for fun, and they're going all out. Now they underpowered Gamora a little bit too. Um, she's supposed to be the most deadly, she or she's supposed to be the deadliest. Sorry for the misspeak yeah. there. Uh, deadliest woman in the galaxy, and I I mean it. No weapons needed. She can kill you with. Just nerves, like like she just pokes a nerve, you're dead. Yeah, right. like that's how powerful she's supposed to be. Yeah. She's supposed to be that trained, yeah. um, and it's it's an amazing. I used to have it if I if I knew it. It's from the Warlock and the Infinity Watch, but um, it is such a great because he she like. Uh, there's this one point where she just gets Thanos and and, and like uh, hits one of those nerve clusters, and you think, oh my god, she killed Thanos, and she goes, nah. Nah, he's faking it. And then Thanos goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's such a good comic. You guys got me on edge right now because one of my movies are up next. 
suck. I'll let you guys keep talking about Guardians, but I'm. Uh, I'm um. So, think, uh, well, so one of the things that underscores the this for me in the in the Guardians, um, we now know Thanos's motivation is from the trailer is to wipe out half the universe with a snap of his finger, right? Um, I find it interesting that Gamora apparently was on board until he deviated. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's a point you brought up. I, right? I like that point. Uh, so she's, she was like, she was like, okay, I was going along with it. She's obviously not happy with it. Um, but she says when he said he was going to wipe out an entire planet, Xandar, yeah, Xandar, that's when I just had, to when do he said, something. when he said to Ronan, yeah, go ahead, kill him. Right, he's like, I'm going, I'm going to assist you in wiping out Xandar, which I find interesting. Is like when his motivation was, I'm going to wipe out half the universe because it's necessary. She was, she was grudgingly okay on board. At least that's the way it kind of makes it seem. But when he was just like, I'm willing to wipe out an entire species, an entire culture. That's when she was like, Nah, I'm jumping off this train. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is what I find interesting. And I don't know if that was because she realized his motivation wasn't. But so I wonder if later on in Infinity War, when he has this gauntlet, he says, I'm I want to wipe out half the universe. What will her positioning be? And and if it it goes back to his original motivation, and will his will will her interaction with the Guardians have ultimately changed a lasting impact depending on how because now she has a a choice exactly yeah because that's the the big thing that's a beautiful tension to have in in the movie that is a beautiful tension to have going into and that's and that's a big thing with this movie that's the theme of the movie overall is family yeah like which is what we're talking about you were like iron man is one of the most family driven movies i was like guardians is the only one i'll argue more than that yeah yeah is that it's it, it's a instead well, of being not a family driven family, movie that it it relies heavily on family lineage that iron man does that yeah, iron yeah. man oh, yeah, does not that iron man was a family driven yeah. movie but that but it relied heavily on on the true. impacts of family lineage you're where, absolutely right there's no other film maybe aside from black panther that f- that focuses heavily and, uh, on the impacts and of family. I'll, I'll say uh guardian two ju- guardians two just reinforces it with like funny enough with baby groot yeah is such a if you listen to the commentary of about when baby groot and uh his interactions with the rest of the guardians uh you know like especially at the end when peter is listening to the song and he's watching the fireworks for yondu yeah. And he's with Groot, and Groot's listening with it. And then Groot's re, um, I know we're get, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but or I'm getting ahead of us. Uh, and but Groot's reaction to Drax at the beginning of the movie, where he yeah. hates Drax, baby Groot hates Drax at the beginning, and then by the end he's like sleeping on him, and he's like yeah. they they like each other. Uh-huh. Uh, but which I don't, I don't know if you brought it, it up, the fact that uh, Groot died. Yeah, yeah, Groot dies officially. in this movie. Gun, Gun this says is, officially this Groot is actually died. the first movie. Our, our Groot died. This right. is the first movie where a superhero dies and stays dead. Right. Yep. This is, baby Groot is a new Groot. It doesn't know what old Groot knew. Yep. It, it doesn't have the new, same knowledge. Doesn't have the it same. It is a new Groot. So um, so that and that is one of the reasons why he acted differently towards uh, certain characters yeah. in the Guardians 2. That's why he had a problem with Drax at the beginning. <laughs> Shut up, stupid, smaller Groot. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the last thing I want to leave this one on before we move on to the next movie. Um, 
Guardians of the Galaxy is probably in my top like three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. If only because it did what the Avengers did with five characters no one should give a flying fuck about. Yeah, totally. At all. Uh, agreed. Like agreed. no one. Like, you could Avengers, argue it did it better. It did it better. Avengers uh, relies on Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk. You could. I, I think Black Widow and you could take Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye okay. out of it. And unfortunately, that movie would still probably be okay. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie's better in some respects because they're in it, but they're not necessary. But it relies on the the, the emotional investment we have as con. Like, well, Avengers you know, relies on. If you think about it, Avengers relies on eight hours of history. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Guardians to, to went establish in with nothing. nothing. Yeah. And it made you love those characters that. The the Star Lord finally moment. Uh, yeah. Arguably, the actors played a huge part in right. That. I mean, they just the characters sold that. Um, Batista. I I it wouldn't go over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Like there's his. I wish they. That's they, why kill. That's why the rumor that Drax is going to die in Infinity War. I think is. Um, a little later on uh, in the show for everyone listening, there's a special Q&A session with one person who hasn't been here. His name is Jonathan Boozer. He's the host of the Last Line show, and I got the chance to talk to him a little bit. Uh, so that'll be like a nice little one shot that you guys will get. But one of his theories is that Drax is going to die in Infinity War. And I, I went, don't see it. It's really tough to, to eliminate to his character because people love. Well, they've they've been using him in all sorts of media recently. A new game came out. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to promote, but I've been playing it. Uh, Strike Force. Strike Force. Oh, and yeah. at the beginning, there's a there are, there's a trailer for it, and the trailer is this like just normal Shield dude who's like a medic, and he's talking about how he he wasn't he wasn't you know trained to be like a superhero blah blah blah, but he's here to help. And they're in the helicopter, the little small like Quinjet, and they're flying around, and they land, and he's first out. He's like they're getting shot at, and it's him, Drax, and two other heroes. I yeah. forget. And he <laughs> gets hit. As soon as he walks down the ramp, he's not dead. He just, he falls, gets hit and he falls down. And Drax just goes, ha ha, he should not have been first to come out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Batista. And they, they've, I, I think they've used him very well. Um, and, uh, and rumor is when Batista got cast, he, he like broke into tears. He was so happy. Oh, yeah. And he took acting lessons specifically for this part. And I think it shows his enthusiasm. Well, he was um, in, uh, he was huge. in uh, Blade Runner. 2049 yeah, yeah. at the beginning. Uh, he was also he in a killed Bond movie. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also, yeah. And the thing uh, is that a lot Bond of thug. wrestling overall is acting. It yeah. just happens to be a lot of muscles involved. Guys, you really of... keep, you really keep, I, 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 I need to talk about this. Okay, okay. okay. So, so, okay but that's guys. what I wanted to leave on is that that's why that is one of my favorites. Like a lot of people go, really? And I was like, it's. Oh, it's, absolutely. So, uh, it is owns wonderful. what it was. It's wonderful, Brian. Next. I want to introduce this one for you. Okay. So next, um, so just as Dark World was kind of, there was some controversy. There's some controversy oh, on, on this one about who likes it, who doesn't. And I think with repeated viewings. Um, it doesn't get better. It does, with If you watch it once and you love it, never watch it again. Uh, I, I don't know. So I went to the theater and I really liked it. And then I've watched it subsequently and I actually enjoy it a little bit more. Yes, yeah. I think um, um, the, the I think the small screen viewing is better for me than the big screen. Yes. Viewing. Chewing the scenery as far as the actors involved are concerned is amazing. Uh, just, the uh, you know, you think about who they have cast in it. Uh, and obviously we're talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. Um, so Joe's, Joe has a lot of bias in this movie. Joe I'm just going to put movie. that out there. He's, 
He's marked by this. <laughs> yeah, marked he, by this. Uh, let's let. Doesn't Joe have a uh, Ultron uh, tattoo? I do. Yeah. So and it, it, for those of you who who are wondering, it is not a tram stamp. It's not on my ass. <laughs> uh, abandon hope, all you who here. Yeah, <laughs> it's not in any of those areas that you guys uh, hinted at. It's not like it's a face my, tattoo. It's on my arm. There are no strings on me. I will, I will be getting. I will be <laughs> getting it tribal. touched up uh, uh, this year, and then I'll be finishing I out my line, Winter Soldier oh, yeah. tattoo because that that'll be the rest of my arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm waiting on the Winter Soldier. Uh, tattoo because I want to see if the Infinity War one is the one with gold plating. That's going to be the rest of my arm. So, if it is. Um, I just have to say, I know you're going to have a yes. lot to say about it, but I just want to say, I think this movie, uh, being another Avengers movie, introduces a lot of plot points. <coughs> um, we get uh, we get vibranium. Yes. Mm-hmm. We get Infinity Stones. We get Wakanda. Um, we get Wakanda. We get Vision. We get Scarlet Witch. We get Quicksilver. Uh, you know, like we get so much, we get Sokovia, like, uh, which leads into civil war, you know, we get so much, uh, introduced here. Um, I think a majority of it is done successfully. Um, I feel like the, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I said majority. Go ahead. Uh, I feel like though the, the, the villain, uh, the, the, it just turns into a boss battle at the end. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, oh, oh, it absolutely that does. That is a great. I, right. Well, that's the the uh-huh. early part of that movie is is great. The dialogue, the setup, and then we get into the the final part, it's and it just becomes rush. it just yeah. It's uh the the zombie Nazi game where they just throw waves and waves at you. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what yeah. it became. Like there's so little dialogue in that in those moments versus Avengers one. Where there was a lot of like, hey, I'm bringing the party to you. Hey, how do we take this guy down? The the little quirky moments where uh, Thor and Hulk both take down that creature into the Grand Central Station, and they're both just standing there. Yeah, no, uh, no. See, I d- I disagree with that a little bit. I disagree with the idea that the quirkiness of the first film didn't translate over to the second one. One oh, of the yeah, most no, during <laughs> the boss fight. I'm talking no, about during I the boss still fight. I still they're, disagree. They're like slow there's one of one of my stuff. favorite yeah, scenes that's... in that boss fight is when uh. Uh, when Thor says, uh, is that all you got? And Ultron says, it's all of you. It's uh, This is exactly what I wanted. It's all of you versus all of me. And he sends the wave and Cap goes, you, ju- you just had to ask him, didn't you? But there, there is those moments, but there are not as many of them as there was in the first and one. I but the that- slow motion flipping scene, in my opinion, is no different than the slow camera pan. It's, it's With the right, theme no, music, it's the same the, instance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, the same instance. The fun moments in the middle of the fight, there was more or better in the first I would movie. agree better. I don't know yeah, about yeah. more I though. I still I had the moments more. Like the be- at the beginning like Hawkeye and Hawkeye and Scarlet language. Witch in the building and Hawkeye is telling her, "Hey, whether you ask for it or not, you're an it's Avenger. Here. You're in this fight. So either the you quir- stay in the building and you don't do anything." But the quirky is the is the when someone said shit and Cap said, "Watch your language." And then the whole rest of the movie, they keep making they fun keep of that. making right. fun of that. So, <laughs> like, I disagree that that the the heart is not there. I think the no, no, issue no, I the heart's there. I'm just saying it was more in Avengers one. Like, because they I think the, it's they, better they, in Avengers one. I don't know about more. And I feel though. tonally in Avengers two. It's I, I, already I, honestly, built. I feel like tonally the movie's way different. Um, as far as I feel, the tone is darker. Um, in, in a little Age bit, yeah. Um, whereas Avengers, you had this. Yes, there's this alien invasion. Yes, there's this Loki and all this evil going on. But it's still maintained. There's a lot of hope, a lot of 
the quirkiness there, a lot of playing back and forth on each well, so other here's the until thing. the end where there was. Here's my opinion on the differentiation of Avengers 1 and 2. In Avengers 1, they replaced danger with destruction. Right. Yes. That's yes. what they did. Yes. In Avengers 1, the Avengers were never in trouble. There was just destruction everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. In Avengers 2, they wanted to find a way to take the Avengers that were there and put them in danger, which is why Quicksilver died. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was someone, still destruction. Someone had to. Don't get me wrong. But the well, idea I mean, was how how do we take the Avengers yeah, and, like, and, and, and put them in some semblance of danger? I don't think they did a great job of it. I think the biggest issue with Age of Ultron, as much as I love this film, is fans have to accept the fact that Age of Ultron, in my opinion, is more important than... Than the first event because of it how is. much it introduces because of how uh, yeah. much it throws right. well, in there it brings in Ragnarok. and and people and it's it brings hard in Tony when PTSD you don't like visualized the film. like you see what because there are afraid pe- of there are people who left Avengers Age of Ultron and didn't like it but you have to live with the fact that it sets up almost all of Phase Three it does yeah. yeah. Well, and that's a tough pill to swallow. Right, and that's what people had a problem with, is that it was, Avengers 2 is more important when you look at it through the lens of what's happening next. Correct. Avengers yes, 1 was um, more about what was happening right in, in that the moment. Because it was the culmination of that My one phase. My least favorite Whedon trope is is who's going to die in a movie. I hate that. Yeah, he did. I agree. Like, I mean, I That's get that he needed favorite. to kill Coulson. I like Whedon. Uh, Whedon's He needed stuff. to kill Coulson. The, the, he needed the to Avengers kill Quicksilver. He needed a reason to and come I together. Again, I don't like killing a character for the sake of everyone but else. But he killed the, He killed that character in, in Avengers 2 because Quicksilver needed to redeem himself. He'd been a bad guy pretty much 75% of the movie. Yeah. And then he saved a couple of kids. And they and so it was well. I I would argue Quicksilver needed to die one because he was expendable, and two because Scarlet Witch has a relationship that they need to establish later uh, on. So if you're gonna kill one of them, there's there's also a, a, a like there's an undercurrent to say maybe it was to spite Fox a little bit. Oh, it absolutely oh, yes. to be like okay, you want Quicksilver? Here's the real reason. Here Have you fun go. With that. But uh, Fox is like fuck it, whatever. We're just gonna own it, and they made their Quicksilver. Arguably better. Yeah, I mean, Um, hilarious. Aesthetically, no. Like, I hate the way Quicksilver. I hate the way. Yeah, but but tangent. So, um, but there's there's reasons to kill him. Um, I kind of agree with with Whedon that, um, in an event like this, the idea that not a single you would have it like the amount of have a single hero die, no casualties. Is kind of unrealistic, and, and, like, I, that, and that means it goes into the comic book problem of there's no consequence, and and that makes that yeah. makes sense. I get it, but it's such a, t- I'm just tired of it. Yeah, we does that a lot. I feel like I feel like if Whedon could have someone die in everything, that's he the does, whole he gist would. of Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> like well, if yeah, you think yeah. about it, yeah. But that uh, he killed Chris Hemsworth. I do want to note that overall, the performance of James Spader oh, God, as Ultra, it. his voice. Uh, the way he delivers, the impact, like you feel the shit that he's saying. I like, could really, like, I would just love to see Ultron and Tony Stark just sit in a room and talk. I could just like, uh, yeah. look, okay. I want, let I me, want Vision to Ultron and Tony Stark to sit. In let a room me, and let talk. me, let me like establish the two this children quick. of Tony. I, I, I love Captain America: Winter Soldier. Um, uh, for the most part, I, I, I like a lot of the films in Phase One, but. Still, to my opinion, this is the first villain outside of Loki 
that truly sold that they believed what they were doing. Oh, oh wholeheartedly. That truly, totally. that, and it was, and, and that's the thing. So uh, a buddy of ours at work said, uh, I, I didn't like Ultron because like his motivation to, to create a body for himself, right? The, the idea that he would use the arc to create a body that couldn't be destroyed, right? Which ultimately, spoiler alert, which ultimately becomes the vision. Yeah. Um, they they didn't like the motivation and i said i i get that but when you think about ultron's motivation in this film and the beauty of this film for those of you who don't like this film the beauty of age of ultron is ultron's entire motivation is tony stark's motivation yep to protect to protect the world it is not an evil motivation it's not some bad guy who wants to collect things it's not it's it, it's nothing other than you asked me to do this. Mm-hmm. This is the therefore the <laughs> but solution. Seriously, think about it. Think about it. If you were separate from humanity forever and you came in a blank slate and then you were able to hop <coughs> on the Internet and see all Everything. the atrocities that exist that humanity has ever done, as long as all the good things and your goal is you have to like save the world protect the world what better thing to do than get rid of whatever's bad yeah and right? that's humanity it's... because we're just a virus on the planet um, at that point i love the conversation he has with scarlet witch mm-hmm. uh, after she finds out what he's going to do because yeah. there's um every the dinosaurs had millions of years before they had their sh- before their shot came for them whenever things start to settle down god throws a stone yeah. Oh, the extinction level events. Yeah, right. And he's like, he's talking about extinction level events, and he's like, and I believe me when I say that he's hur- that he's getting ready to hurl one. Think about that in terms of Infinity Stones, right? Like, <laughs> I think that's 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 a him saying it was like Thanos is coming. Yeah. You are all fucked. The, regardless, so of what let's I just do get right it out now, of the way now. Whatever I do right now, yeah, you're going to be in my way. I can I can own this, like. But you're in my way. I can make a superior form of life that has the potential to, yeah. to survive. Yeah. To survive. Yeah. You all are just screwed. Yeah. You, yeah. And you're flawed and horrible things. Um, Meat sacks. Meat I, sacks. I, I do love the – and this is uh, – the reason I got Ultron tattooed was two reasons. One, the first comic book I ever bought was Age of Ultron – and the the bottom uh, of my building in New awesome. York rotated from time to time. Mm. And for like nine months, it was a comic book shop. My grandmother took me down. I bought Age of Ultron. It was the first comic I ever bought. The The other reason, though, is there was... Su- first of all, J- you're right. James Spader kills this character. Oh, yeah. But the, the reason he's one of my favorite characters in the MCU is they didn't create a robot. A lot of people view him as a robot because that's what he is. No, he's a sentient. And he and he has the he's talking about extinction level events and fixing the world. And he has Tony Stark's quips and belief system and mantra. When he goes Uh, to Claw, that's that's his dad. I'm nothing like him. Cuts off. Well, when he goes to Claw and he says that phrase, and I I can't remember exactly how it goes. He goes, Give uh, guns to your enemies, give guns to your friends, let them sort it out. Yeah, it's a and then you'll see which is which is how I know it ends. And that's Tony Stark's belief system. And so he's literally doing, doesn't in my actually, opinion, what uh, an evil Tony Stark would be doing. Doesn't he even call him dad at one point? Or like five minutes later, he says... No, uh, Tony Stark comes in. He goes, he goes you're, you're disappointing me, son. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I also want to point out, and I think you and I had this conversation and you were in for a little bit, is that they get the, the, the basically the plans for Ultron from inside of the Mind Stone. Yeah. Yep. So that begs the question, is the Mind Stone itself sentient? Or, 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 yeah. um, being that it is the mind stone, and you know, it, it does the has it absorbed a consciousness yeah. or something like that. Uh, and if so, does what it can do, uh, it, it, you know, is it based upon who wields it? If it doesn't agree with you, will it, will it do what you want? Yeah. Um, you know, I maybe that's looking too much into it, but that's literally where they got the kind of basis for Ultron aside from the actual personality. Yeah. It's, it's, like I think back to that film and there are so many small moments and his fight with Captain America is one of my favorite on the truck mm-hmm. where Cap is swinging around and Black uh, Widow throws the shield up and they're doing all that. Uh, but the the scene at the end with him and Vision is what is, is what sold it for me. And because he says exactly what you're talking about, which is they're like these humans. They're just going to die. They're just going to wither away. And it's going to be for nothing. Mm-hmm. And Vision says to him, he goes, no, humans from time to time have a tendency to surprise you. But I could be wrong because I was born yesterday. Yep. <laughs> right. You're so naive. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, I was born. I yesterday. was born yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment that it, it took this movie two and a half hours for me to love it. Mm-hmm. It took it right up until the end. And it was that conversation when I went. Uh, this is one of my favorite. Movies. And I really thought it was great that they took an actor who they had, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, mm-hmm. yeah. One, <laughs> an amazing actor who I, I've By liked, the way, have I've you read... I've loved ever since A Tale, Have right? you read the story of his circumstances? <laughs> like yeah. where? So apparently, Paul Bettany's life was not in a great place. Financially, he was depressed. It just was not great. And then he got this opportunity to do the voice actor. He was not getting jobs, mm-hmm. nothing. He gets the opportunity to do voice acting for Jarvis. Took it right on the winds. Absolutely. I'm and going in. It. I'm going to do it. Killed it. They kept bringing him back. They kept doing it. And he said the day Joss Whedon called him and said, this is what we're thinking about your character, he cried. He was like in tears because he had not had, I believe he said the last major role he got was when he was the blonde hair guy in, um, uh, not Angels and Demons, but uh, oh, the, uh, the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. was like the last oh, the major thing he yeah. had yeah. gotten, mm-hmm. and he was like, "This was the first time I, I was I was physically going to be in a movie again." Yep. And I would sit for four hours, and they would do the makeup and the prosthetics, and they would do all this stuff and it's an amazing story if you get the chance to read it up huh. I, I, I like paul bettany is the highlight i feel like i feel like of those, a lot of what paul, they're doing paul bettany dave batista people who really are thankful for those oh roles absolutely tend to be amazing in and those roles a lot yeah. of redemption stories because oh, absolutely yeah. let's talk about uh Ro- you know, robert, robert Downey, Downey jr he is uh not in a very good place either is yeah. almost close to rock bottom Yep, and like, and then boom, and like, but like, there are a few times like a beam of light hits a cat, like a a, 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 a character, a that, character, just... like a person that's auditioning for a role, and like a heavenly choir should sing, yep. and it's Tony. There's no one Robert else. Downey Jr. for Tony yeah. Stark. Um, so there's there's a lot of great things, but look at look at movie. how many stars as well just 
became big. Like Chris Pratt, yes, he was in Parks and Rec, and he had been in other things uh, as well. He was in Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that he was in Wanted? <laughs> yeah. He was the guy who got hit with yeah, the keyboard. Yeah, he got, got hit with the keyboard. He was yeah. in Wanted. And he, he plays and assholes really well. Look how huge he's a Hollywood he's become. heartthrob now. Apparently yeah. he's going to replace um, Indiana, Jones. Indiana Jones. The new Indiana oh, that Jones. Uh, I'm totally watching that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be so, fantastic. So, so I, there are a lot of people it. that I know out there that have their issues with Age of Ultron. But I think if you – like, it's one of those films – it's kind of <laughs> – you know how they say uh, when you are you get tied up in a certain knot? Uh, I can't remember what the type of knot it is, but the more you struggle, the tighter it gets. Oh, right? okay. uh, yeah, I know what you're talking I don't remember the name. Maybe like either. one of those finger traps. It kind of sort. <laughs> Age of Ultron is that. The more you embrace that movie for what it is, the more you'll love it. The more yeah. you said, fight I, it, I the love, worse it's going to get. I love that movie. I came out of the movie theater liking it. I didn't understand the people that hated it. and I was. They were like, well, it's just setting up the next movie. And I was like, there's a lot of shit to there's set up. There's a lot of shit to set up. Right. Yeah. Like, they're, they did they're a, building a to universe. To be honest, they shoved so much in there and they didn't do it badly. No. Right. There's nothing that's done. The only thing, I, you and I have already talked about this before we move on. The, the only thing that I will agree with you on is I, I might have, I understand why they chose the farm scene over the Norn scene. Oh. Oh, have my you, God. I understand. You, so, so you have you the seen actual, the bonus scene? In Age of Ultron? So, no. Well, it's a deleted scene. Do you know what the, the Norn scene, the Norn pool that happened? No. What originally was supposed to happen in that scene was Thor goes, I know there's stuff I don't know. I need to find it out. So he he know, finds out about a Norn pool. From which, Eric Selvig. Uh, right. well, no, he finds out about oh, he it out because about he's an Asgardian. But he's like, uh, the Norn are uh, Nordic witches. Yep. Well, in this, he said, okay, I need to get possessed by the Norn. Okay. By going into the pool. So the the entity that is the Norn will possess me. Uh, I need someone that believes in a Norn to ask me questions. And Otherwise, the Norn will not answer. Mm-hmm. The Norn needs to be respected. So he's like, okay. He grabs Selvig because he's the only person on that planet that, kind of, that he knows that kind of believes in that. Mm-hmm. And drags him with the pool. And then he gets possessed. He, Eric Selvig asks him about like Ragnarok and the Infinity Stones. And that's why he has those visions. And this one, he grabs Eric Selvig. He goes to a magical pool and randomly has visions. And he can explain mm. the convergence was the reason behind it. I, I think not in said, the movie. I thought he thought he had mentioned There is that no dude, justification for that in the movie no. at all. Thor just went and off the and reason, did something. He right. went for a swim. And the reason is because Joss Whedon says in the commentary, we could only set up one of two things. We could either do the Norn pool set up the infinity stones and do that or we could do the that the farm scene and sow the seeds for civil war right we could only fit one of those two things and because guardians had already done a really good job of talking about certain infinity stones and we had our own infinity stone we felt that it would be it would be an excess no one would really learn much of anything right that's from the, it. that scene though is so makes so it's much so more sense. it's so much more sense but disney told him he had to cut one you can have the farm scene or you can have or you can have the norn scene and so he did and the so, farm scene because civil war was coming up yeah and i think that that was probably the better better solution it's a better solution i just wish they had actually filmed the norn scene and it was yeah. like an extended cut because yeah, it's right? super cobbled right. together in the deleted scenes okay uh um, so we do we do have to move forward so next one is Ant-Man. Um, the I smallest do. contribution to the MCU. <laughs> it love, is a standalone movie. I it is, it is a two-hour and 12-minute one-shot. 
Yeah, um, I, I will I, say I, I've um, never thought of it like that. But that it is, is a two-hour yeah. one-shot. Is um, what it is. Put uh, put it uh, out but there. It's um, one of the first things we wrote here, Brian. I believe you said uh, it is the first time we're introduced to a hero as hey. There used to be a hero, and now they're not anymore, yes. so they're passing on the mantle. And the first time in comic book movie cinema, to my yeah. understanding, is the first time we're ever introduced to a superhero as they used to be one, and mm-hmm. now they're passing on the mantle. Yeah. That is huge. Like, when you think about that, that's never been done before. They've never introduced a hero as they were a hero. Right. Now they want you to be the hero. And, and you know what you uh, know I think is? Watchmen, maybe? Uh, I guess with this Silk but Spectre watch, and stuff like Watchmen's that. Watchmen's entire plot, I thought, but the was early, they but the, used the first to part of that movie is they introduce us through the credits. Oh, as they the are Watchmen. heroes. That okay. They were heroes. At this point, like, we meet Ant-Man and we're not given his backstory At until all. later. But, yeah. like, halfway he's through been the movie. Re- he's been retired for years. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah. now they're like, the entire movie is him setting up the next generation. I, and, he, and he does a good job explaining why. Because yeah. his body just can't take it anymore. It takes a toll, yeah. Like, no superhero movie has done, they've been doing it with Iron Man, slowly showing his left arm always being injured, always hurting, shaking something. He says something at some point about his arm being numb. Is that normal? But Ant-Man, Hank Pym says, I can't do it. I just can't. I physically can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I physically can't do it. And to be honest... How much baggage and timeline and stuff that happened before Ant Man? Got a lot that happened, right. but they well. Mu- so this is this is to they your point it fairly well. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. To your point, you've mentioned this earlier. Ant Man is the first time we are established any type of timeline between uh, uh, Captain Avenger America and, uh, and Iron Man. So that's seventy years of history where there are no superheroes. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to Captain America. And then the next instance that we as a viewer are told about is Iron 2008 Man. Iron Man. So from 1943-ish to, to 2008. 2008. So it's nice to see, even though it's clandestine, and I'm sure we're going to get uh, that feeling with uh, Captain Marvel as well, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. heavy involvement. We're filling in, in kind yeah. of the gaps We're filling of in those gaps. We're seeing that, yes, there were things that happened, and yes, uh, you know, there were heroes to, to help. Um I have to say, though, uh, I like this is another genre movie, whereas, uh, you know, um, Winter Soldier was a spy it's a heist movie. heist movie. This one's a heist movie. Uh, and it's like an Ocean's Eleven, you know? Like said, it's like, a heist yeah. movie. It's just yeah. about they, they, have to, they have to rob this place. I love that it doesn't work out. This, oh, like, totally. Yeah. The, yeah. Entire, like, the, the entire heist culminates in the guy knew it was happening, yeah. and he fucked them over. Oh, yeah, um, he set it up specifically the, uh, for that, right? The, um, He's like, thank you for delivering the suit to me. Yeah. yeah. The uh, uh, two things. One, Ant-Man, apparently this script was in the writing process forever. Well, it went through Edgar Wright. It went through Edgar Wright, and then he, I don't even think he finished it. No, they did. They pulled him off They pulled him off. Which I like Edgar Wright, so I was uh, disappointed when I heard that. Yeah, but I I understood it. The one thing I, I will say is I don't, this is the first time in a film I love yellow jacket and i was i was severely disappointed by yellow jacket i was okay with cross right as a person but i didn't like to 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 our point about like fucktards with powers cross had great motivation great some of the best motivation why did you pick me you reminded me of me why did you like abandon me it's like because you reminded me too Too much much of me me. Mm -hmm. like the 
the hurt you see in his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's moments, there's great the the motivation, why he's doing it, what he's what doing. What do you do as a protege when your mentor abandons you? Like great, and then Yellow Jacket just turned into a superhero fight. Yeah, like, yeah, was, he's I'm evil and insane. And then they because they went through the the trope of the chemicals are making you crazy. Um, see, I I was hoping that they would because they they had the foundation for it. So he puts the suit on. They're fighting. And then he gets knocked into the electric thing. Mm-hmm. They then insinuate that Cross cannot get out of the suit now. Mm-hmm. Like he right. can't leave the suit anymore. Mm-hmm. And that the the mixture of the chemicals and, and the electricity kind of fried his, his body, essentially. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I was kind of hoping that that's the direction they were going to go in. Is that like you're stuck this way now. You can never go back. And that that would be the consequence of it. But as is the case with most most Marvel films, they just killed him. I I like that <clears throat> they that, do a lot of killing the villain. They, I, did, I oh, really did. So again, I don't know anything about Ant Man. Yeah, that's like way out of my spectrum. But I like I was genuinely surprised when Cross became bad. Like at the beginning, when he turns the dude into goop, uh, and then like wipes him off the floor and like throws him in the trash. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I How like hideous is that in your head though? It's when disgusting. you think about it, yeah. like it. It was, was like, like a f- booger on the floor. I was kind of like, like, what the hell is this? I didn't expect that. I was genuinely like, oh, he's Hank Pym's predecessor. He's He's got to be good. I was way off. <laughs> Again, because I don't know anything about Ant-Man. Right. He comes across as very like, hey, I found out this thing. I think he's it'd like be great happy. if we're working together on it. Yeah. And then he's just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. actually and then evil. And like, like, but he still has those moments in the movie where he's like, during my my morning meditation, I was thinking about, and you're like, oh, normal person. And he's like, we're going to destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he went so far off the deep end so quick. Yeah. I was, it's a again, real quick turn. And, I and genuinely you, and, was surprised. Uh, and you, but you still had those like back and forth moments like where yeah, and it was kind of very manic right yeah. mm-hmm. like had the morning meditation we're gonna we're it's his fault uh and you even had the the chemicals are frying your brain and he like he has that moment where you think he's gonna be like no i can't do it and then he's like i think the thing that would have changed it is i i i i would have felt differently about cross's yellow jacket if they would have doubled down on this protege versus protege fight in which oh cross God, is yeah. constantly trying to impress Correct. Like, so like, he said, you chose this guy. Okay, watch what I can do with what you taught me. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they would have doubled down on what I figured out on my you own. You didn't give me this, shit to do this. Yeah. This has nothing really to do about the characters, but as far as the movie as a whole, this to me was the very first time in the entire MCU that I thought the action set pieces and sequences were cool. Oh, dude, the, the, the Thomas the Tank, uh, tank Engine? Dead. I'm oh, my dead. God. I just like the how he cowers, ant? and he's the like, gi- oh, the, Yeah, the giant um, ant. And then you hear the, the epic music, and you're like, oh, oh and then you hear like, the dude. <laughs> doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. and it just falls over. Oh, my the God. The fight in the briefcase. Oh, yeah. With the, uh, with the iPod floating yeah. around playing music. I was in dude, tears. I want to disintegrate you. It was so Playing disintegration. Playing I forgot about that. It's just, it's the first time. The only other movie that I really thought, like, man, and that was cool was Ragnarok. It was just, Ragnarok. Just oh, overall, yeah. like it was just a cool movie, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so, so real quick, let's look at the other members of the heist. Okay. Oh, what, God. Did you feel they added or subtracted from the movie? So Lewis uh, is, if he's not in the second movie, people are going to be furious. He's man. my man. They, they love. The way 
Lewis's cat. Oh my god! He's like, oh, I talked to this. But person. there was a rosé there, and it really sang to me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> as as a, as a Hispanic person. Oh my that god! Is, that I love so that. accurate. Oh it's my god! So like when good. he hears through the grapevine that my cousin's second cousin's girlfriend's brother did this with this person, it like, oh, it's, it's so it good. Made me feel so good. Um. They they had Ti the rapper in there. He was surprisingly funny. Like the, he and the other guy. The, yes, I, I, the I've heard of this job. I've, yeah, yeah, good yeah. job. It's a good job. <laughs> the cast was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the Hallrod, the the Hope Van Dyne uh, relationship with her father was really solid. Yeah, I don't like her. I got so I have to give the her actress. credit. She cried oh, while. Like uh, while Hank Pym was telling the story of his wife disappearing, yeah. it is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. And Hope hits you with that one tear. Evangeline Lilly hits you with the one tear uh, that she's she crying. And I, I was like, she I, really, I, I would not no have been idea. able to cry because right. that story is so ridiculous. She shrunk herself she out of existence. She shrunk herself out of existence. She, honey, I shrunk the kids. We've never herself. been able to find but her. Just, and then she's just crying. Uh, I'm like, so She was the so weakest good. part of that movie over for me. Like, the villain, yeah, yeah he was pretty weak, but character-wise, I don't know. I think weakest. she she was a nice foil for... for um, she was the serious uh, counter. Yeah. Yeah. Scott she Lang. yeah, she was the straight person. Uh, she was the straight person. You made this point way earlier when we were talking about Ant-Man. Ant-Man is one of the first films where a character has a child. Oh, like yeah. a superhero, yeah. yeah. Well, a superhero has a kid. Has like a kid. two superheroes, two superheroes, Hank and Scott, and Scott. Right. Um, <laughs> that they have a that they have like a, that nice a dichotomy. child, uh, and which I love that they made. Hey, you're uh, fight like lives. you're trying to earn the look that your daughter gives you when she already looks. And, at and you. look at the dichotomy, right? Scott can look at Hank and see what happens when you don't. Exactly. Uh, when you're not the when father, you're not there. when you're not there, right? He can look at that and see where that failure happens. Great. And then beautiful exposition. Yeah. And, and then can, so well and make sure that he doesn't want to do that with his child. Yeah. He wanted to be there from the get go. Just that's his kid. Yeah. And he wants um, to provide for his kid. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's interesting because it, the comic book side of it, because that's, you know, Jeff and I, uh, yeah. Cassie Lang is a superhero in the comic book universe known as Stature. Uh, basically, basically, fem- uh, um, like like Giant Man, right? Right. Yeah. That, that's- uh, but that's and then Hope Van Dyne was actually introduced in the MC Two universe, which is an alternate future telling, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, fuck, the Red Wasp or something like that. Her and her something brother, like that, yeah. Um, but that's like a that's not in a core universe kind of thing. That's them digging deep into the lore and finding a character that kind of fit it. And and you know what? I, I think it worked, and it did. Like yeah. that's one of those moments. It where really it was, works. Yeah, I'm on board. Um, and uh, for you as an Ultron fan, kind of moving a, like I think it, in the comic books, Hank Pym was the one who made Ultron. Correct. Uh, yeah. Which is weird to me because he's a particle physicist. Yeah. Not a an engineer. Uh, not an engineer. Makes more or sense for Tony. Tony was the logical conclusion to make Ultron. I, I tell you, um, oh, the can- MCU has done a really good job of changing things that make sense for the motivations and backstories of characters. One nitpick I have with this movie. <laughs> All right, is that what Scott Lang did to get put in jail? Was he was a whistleblower? He was a whistleblower, right? And he broke in and then you know released all these records. He was doing it for a good reason. I could see why his ex would be mad because he you know put their family uh, could have been in dire straits financially and all that. However, it does not mean he's a bad person. No, 
and he did it because he's a good person, and no one ever addresses that. Well, the, well apparently, he, uh, like the, the lengths that he went to, like he did something to the guy's car or something like yeah. that. Too. Oh, he put it in a pool or something. He put like the that. guy's like car he, in a pool. Like he did. A he, 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 he went, went above and beyond. beyond. He yeah. was a like, jerk. Right. Yeah, yeah. He went above and beyond. Like we, the core motivation, like being a whistleblower, that's one thing, and we've seen in the cult, our culture that being a whistleblower is okay. Going above and beyond that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of what <laughs> made it like. He did that knowing he had a kid. Like if he had True, just whistleblowed, yeah. I think everybody would have been okay. But like he and, went uh, above and beyond that. And just the, the biggest knowing that he was he had his kid. The biggest takeaway from this movie is uh, Baskin Robbins. Oh, right. oh my God. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's, that's so good. Was,